I'm giving them the good, bad, and the ugly. I'm not sugarcoating anything. So in those meetings, I'm sharing how our revenue and new sales are doing. Are we up? Are we winning? Are we down? Is there a deficit? It's a five minute, five to 10 minute, but maybe sometimes I'm a little winded. It's 10 minutes. Sometimes I jump on a little passion pedestal and I start preaching about things, but you know, I'm allowed to, that's my job. Welcome to One Next Step, the most practical business podcast in the world, helping you get more done, grow your business, and lead your team with confidence with tips and tools you didn't get in business school. Here are your hosts, Trisha Shortino and Lisa Zeveld. Welcome to One Next Step, the practical business podcast that helps you run your business and make it stop running you so you can enjoy your work and your life. I'm Trisha Shortino, the CEO of Belay. Hey, I'm Lisa Zivald, the COO of Belay. Together, we're TNLZ. We have known each other since 2005 and have worked together for almost a decade. Wow, so hard to believe. We've been growing a 100% remote business from startup to being recognized on the Inc. 5000 fastest growing companies list for six years running. LZ and I have learned a lot along the way and have made some great friends and partners. For one next step, we are cashing in some favors to bring you episodes filled with excellent content delivered by some talented people. And we may have a thing or two to add ourselves. The One Next Step is here to help you on your leadership journey. Each week, we release a new episode answering your questions about running an organization. We will always highlight one next step for you to take immediate action on and include an activation guide that reinforces what you've heard. We're excited you're with us today. In this episode, we're going to help you learn how to conduct a year-end review that focuses not only on your financial performance, but your team performance and organizational culture. Experience doesn't make you wiser. Evaluated experience makes you wiser. We're hoping this episode helps you maximize what you learned from this year, reminds you of all that you accomplished, and gives you something to go back and celebrate with your team. Since we've launched this podcast, we and some of our guests have talked about understanding metrics and the greater narrative in the business. You discover that bigger story by asking questions about what are the metrics telling you? As business leaders, we learn from our mistakes and our successes when we pause to evaluate them. In this episode, we'll walk you through a few things you can do on your own or with your team to wrap up and review the year. Before we hear today's podcast, let's talk about end-of-year reviews. As I mentioned, this is your opportunity to focus on financial, team, and organizational performance and culture. So today's one next step is to download this episode's activation guide, our year-end review form. It's great. The simple template has key questions to ask and areas of the business to consider as you reflect on the year. With each section, we leave a blank space for you to jot down your thoughts. And bonus, it's also something you can use with your team by having everyone fill it out and share their perspective. Well, let's get into how we extract the lessons and highlight the achievements from this year with a year-end review. It's hard to clearly see where you're going when you don't know where you've been. Exactly. All right. So why don't you and I share how we navigate the year-end review on our own and with the rest of our organization? All right. Let's get into this, Tricia. Okay. So we know we have worked with thousands of leaders and business owners, and surprisingly, the majority of them don't do a year-end review. Like, what is all that about? Why don't they do that? 
not organized and they yes. do not have good habits. No. And they don't have a process in place. That's what I'm going to say. They're, they're not organized. They don't have a good process. Yeah. Maybe they don't even have goals or they're completely unclear what they are as an organization. Yeah. I'm pretty sure you just said a bad word when we were reviewing this. You, sh- you <laughs> s- I think you should just say it. You said there's some <laughs> shitty leaders out there. <laughs> <laughs> just don't think about doing this, right? They're probably yes, good yes. at a certain area of the business. Maybe they're, they were the visionary to create the business, but at the end of the day, they're just not good leaders when it comes to actually reviewing metrics and diving down into the lessons and celebrations from a year of success that they had. Yeah, because I think a lot of entrepreneurs are very creative and innovative mm-hmm. and they like to start things. Now, starting companies and organizations is awesome. But with that, right, success means measuring, monitoring, and reviewing things um, so that you can continue to grow and make right decisions. It's hard to make right decisions if you don't know how you ended up where you are in the first place. So I think, you know, operating a business is very different from owning a business or starting a business. Yeah. And I think back to, you know, when we first got started and there were even some things that we didn't even know how to measure. So I don't want to go down that track, but I think it's worth saying that when I've talked to, you know, my friends and and peers and other business leaders, they don't really even know what to track. So I think Mm, that that's part of it. There becomes this fear because maybe they're installment revenue business, maybe they're a consultant. And they're like, okay, that's awesome. I can review it. But what does that tell me about the next year? Right? Like they're not able to put all the pieces together because they're only good at consulting or they're one heck of a dentist. But outside of that, they don't know what to do with those metrics. So that could be part of it too. Yeah. And I think, you know, you, you really have to start by having a really clear vision and goals and KPIs for your year, even if you're a solopreneur. Right. I mean, what is your goal? Never mind. I want to make X amount of money. Right. But, you know, how are you going to make that money? Do you want to provide the best service? Do you want to be the best dentist in your community? Do you want to have X amount of new clients by the end of the year? So I think it's just taking, you know, the vision you have and saying, how do I get there? And let me put some things on paper. And it's great when you put those things on paper. But if you're not reviewing them and monitoring them, at least annually, and we can talk about the frequency with which we review those things, then how do you know you're making progress? How do you know where you're failing or achieving? And then you don't stop to celebrate when you have done a great job. Right. Yeah. I mean, and we've been really focusing on just financial metrics. You know, I think we've talked about that in a few of our podcast episodes, but I mean, there's a lot to be said on measuring and reviewing your culture, Yes. you know, on top of it. So it's not just about having financial metrics, but are there, we do this at Belay. Um, Over the years, we've had a big five. I think this year we're going to a big three. We're kind of narrowing our focus down, but one of those has always been that we wanted to have a great culture. And so we've learned to put metrics around our culture that includes surveys and conversations so that we know as an organization holistically, yes, we want to be really, really strong financially, but we want to be a place that people want to come work for and that stay. And that's important to track too. Right. And and you might have a desire, you know, for what does your brand speak in the market? You know, how yes. is your brand influence? Are you known for being the best at what you do? What is your brand um, say about you, and, and we always focus on that as well, is it's important 
for us that our brands speak highly about us in the market. So we right. we review that as well. What what is what does it say about us out there? Yeah, totally. Yeah. So let's talk about the what part. Yeah. Right? So we have developed over the last 10 years many different things we do to review mm-hmm. all of those areas, culture and branding and growth and revenue and all the things. So mm-hmm. I think we can really share some great insights on things that we've done here that that work for us. And I'd love for you mm-hmm. to kick it off. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, the what really does come down to financial metrics you know, creating dashboards and, and metrics. And, and we've said it before, if you don't know what to track, Google, Mr. Google himself, great resource, go out there, start looking at, you know, what are industry standard for things, you know, depending upon where you're at. Surprisingly, you can even get some good private company information just from mm-hmm. articles. Um, I know that we're privately held. We share some things on occasion. Other privately held companies do too if you're smaller. But start creating dashboards and metrics around things that are key indicators for your industry. I think that's really important. Yes, and it doesn't have to be fancy. I mean, no, we started no. out with a Google Drive doc or an Excel document. Yeah. You don't need fancy technology to help you monitor or create kind of the list of things that you're going to be paying attention to, you just put it on a spreadsheet. Right. Yeah. Because it could be like, you want to track, obviously, um, what are your new customers or, or how often did you offer that service or sell that product? Right. So you, you might want to measure units. You're also going to want, if you're a service-based business or you're actually um, have clients, you want to see if you have any churn. So perhaps you were looking at how many clients you're losing. If it's a product, Mm -hmm. how many people are not returning? So that's some good metrics to follow there. Obviously revenue. Do you have any refunds? Do you have any credits? Those types of things. And then of course you're, you want to track your cost of goods too, because you know, your margins are going to get all out of whack if you're not tracking that too. So putting all of that data in one place that you might be looking at on your monthly financials. But if you can create some sort of dashboard to look at that Mm -hmm. on a monthly and annual basis, and then we have done it on a rolling 12-month basis, and then of course year over year, I think that's a great place to start on what to measure. Yeah, and then so what we do at Belay is in Q4 or sometimes Mm -hmm. late Q3, we actually start our year-end review as we're heading into the fourth quarter. So we will get together as a leadership team and also as an executive team separately and together. And we really spend a couple days, we get away, we get out of the office and we get out of the day-to-day. We free ourselves up and we sit and we review where we're at. Um, This is two things. Number one, we're able to really candidly look at all the different areas of the business where we're succeeding, where we see gaps, how we can end Q4 strong. And it also helps us identify roadblocks and project the upcoming year. So it's a twofold for us is that we're able to do kind of our year end review at the same time, leveraging that information and review as a proponent to plan for the upcoming year. We can say, oh, we failed in XYZ, so next year we're doubling down or whatever that may look like. Yeah, and I think too, you know, I mentioned looking at your financials. I think those obviously tell a great picture. They're not always going to show your churn. They're not always going to show units that are being lost or gained. And so when you start to put it on a big picture and look at it in 12 months or 18 months rolling, Sometimes it's going to tell you things that you may not have seen when you were so granular and close to it. So that's one of the things that we really like to do when we get together on an annual basis is look at that on a graph across those 12 months. And are we seeing dips in things like, oh, 
I remember May kind of felt like it was a little bit of a slower month, but wow, when I compare it to April and I compare it to June, I can really see that there's a dip in that. And so I think when you're looking at the big picture and you're allowing yourself to get out of the day-to-day of the business, because we know, um, mm-hmm. even remote, y'all, even remote, you can have everything you want on your calendar does not mean that you're not going to be interrupted by something else. So when we remove ourselves from the day-to-day business of, or day-to-day of running the business. We're able to have a clearer mind and really dive down deep into it. Like you said, to start to look at forecasting for the next 12 months. And even now at the the maturity we are in our business, three and five years out, which you wouldn't be able to do if you didn't do that annual review. Yeah. And I think to just add to that point is not only are we really diving into the metrics and Mm -hmm. all different metrics, you know, wins, losses, churn, termination, financials, they all tell their own story, but we're also really focused on staffing, um, high performers, low performers, succession planning, who's in your pipeline. If we're projecting, you know, next year, we're going to need to hire X amount of people and we're going to have new leadership positions. Do we have a pipeline of people? So we really spend a lot of time talking about staffing, having the right people on the bus. Are they on the right seats? Do we have the strength we need in all the areas to grow accordingly? And with that, we talk a lot about culture and engagement as an organization. Yes. So I think we we marry all those three things and realize that they all kind of work together. So we do actually do an employee engagement survey towards the summer of every year where it is completely anonymous and we send it to our team and we solicit feedback. Um, and we can have a whole separate dialogue about anonymous surveys. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> so we've done um, both. If, we've done we've yes. done non-anonymous and anonymous. We we got uh, some opinions want the on truth, that. <laughs> yes. If you want the truth, you make them anonymous, but be yeah. ready to get the truth. But at the end of yeah. the day, if you want the truth, you know taking the names off of those things will actually really give you great information. So yes. I would I would say open yourself up to that possibility. But there's also some, if somebody's going to say something that they feel like needs to be improved, you don't want them to hide behind it. So do you want a name attached? Right. But we mm-hmm. have gone in the vein that honestly, the information's more important than mm-hmm. where the information's coming from. So we go with the anonymous surveys and we do them annually and right. they really help guide the, the staffing uh, mm-hmm. and culture decisions we make going into our next fiscal year. Yeah, totally. And another thing too that we do during that time period is we look at what type of improvements or services, technology do we want to bring into our business based on the year that we've had, Mm -hmm. right? And so sometimes by looking at staffing, by looking at our metrics, you know, we're able to see gaps that we need to fill. And so this is also another right. good time at your year in review to say, where do we need to add more technology? Or is this a service we need to sunset? Y'all, we have done that. Right. We have started a lot yes. of great services and then we have decided as they As many flat. as we've stopped. <laughs> started that a lot and then we stopped a few too. So <laughs> this isn't all rainbows and unicorns over here, you guys. Sometimes you just joined you us. Bring, <laughs> sometimes you got to bring things out to pasture. Just got to let them go. (laughs) We're not afraid to try new things, but, you know, we're also not afraid to go, okay, that was a great idea. 
thank you. <laughs> Let's flush out all the bad ideas first, right? <laughs> yes, yes. I love it when David from Schitt's Creek says that. He's always like, okay, yes, let's flesh out all the bad ideas first. So sometimes <laughs> yes. it takes doing that. <laughs> you have to fail to know what works, right? We are not yes. afraid to fail. So we do spend time even at our year-end review talking about what we did wrong, <laughs> what did yes. not work out, what we should stop doing. Actually, that's one of the questions we have our marketing team do as they do mm-hmm. their strategic planning at the end of every year. The yes. first question on the marketing plan is what are we stopping? And we're really looking at what are the things we did that, why did we do them? There was no ROI. They served no point. They sounded great, but on, on paper, but they were not in real life. So, you know, literally thinking to yourself, what are we no longer doing? is an important question to ask yourself at the year-end review as well. Yes, yes. And then, of course, after we do that year-end review um, with our leadership team and as executives, we bring that information back, and then it's really important that you share that information with your team. And so for us, we do that in a multitude of ways, one of which is that weekly staff meeting that you've heard us talk Mm -hmm. about before. So, T, I know that every week you are sharing with our team metrics, Mm -hmm. things that are on the horizon. So why don't you tell us how you go through that process and what you share with the team on weekly staff meetings. Yeah, happy to. So that's one of the decisions we made, thankfully, in 2019, which worked out perfectly for 2020, is that we decided that we were going to treat our team like the grownups and adults they were. Mm -hmm. And we never wanted anybody to be surprised with the state of belay. So I'm going to call it the state of belay. (laughs) So um, every Monday morning, I am sharing the state of belay with our entire organization on Zoom, mandatory meeting, everybody must attend, cameras on, we're engaging meeting, and I'm giving them the good, bad, and the ugly. I'm not sugarcoating anything. So in those meetings, I'm sharing how our revenue and new sales are doing. Are we up? Are we winning? Are we down? Is there a deficit? We're talking about our churn. Is it it looking okay? Is Is it positive or not? We're talking about our talent flow and our contractor pool and if we have gaps or not. So it's a five minute, five to 10 minute, or maybe sometimes I'm a little winded. It's 10 minutes. Sometimes <laughs> I jump on a little passion pedestal and I start preaching about things, but you know, yes. I'm allowed to, that's my job. So <laughs> Passion so, is good. Um, passion is yes, good. Yes, yes, yes. So especially when there's maybe areas where we can see improvement, right? You kind of have to yeah. rally the team and show your passion on how we can do better in this one area or not. So, yeah. you know, we share that with the organization every single Monday so that nobody is surprised when we get to the Mm -hmm. end of a month or the end of a quarter or the end of the year when we say we had a great year or we didn't. Everybody kind of already knows whether or not we've had a great year or not because we keep no secrets. We've talked before how we do events. We love events. Uh, 2020 threw us a curveball. We haven't been able to get together as much as we wanted to, which is why weekly staff meetings were super important. But we also make sure that we, you and I, tag team, mm-hmm. the dynamic duo of TNLZ, that we always do presentations at those mm-hmm. events where we show um, where we're at maybe in that quarter, how we're trending for that year, and especially yes. at the end of the year, we always do 
do a recap in person because um, to your point about the passion pedestal, they need to see us get excited when we've done things really, really right. And they also need to see when we're perhaps disappointed because there there is disappointment when things don't go the way we wanted to. Hey, 2020 is not turning out the way we expected it to. And it's okay to be a little disappointed, but we love celebrating with them. So whether it's a weekly staff meeting, whether it's in team meetings or events, our team always knows where we are at, not just on year-end reviews, but year-end reviews, super, super important from all aspects of your business. Yes. People pay attention to what you are paying attention to as the leader. Yes. So if you have an expectation that we're going to achieve X by the end of the year and you never follow up about X, I'm going to guarantee it's not happening. (laughs) So, you know, that's why we kind of don't wait to the end of the year to go, hey, by the way, we had a goal to sell 500 widgets. And by the way, we (laughs) only sold 4,000. It's November. Oh, well, you know, you're kind of tracking all along the way. So by the time we get to the end of the year, again, nobody's surprised. Those are my most favorite meetings is our end of year all team meetings. We have ones planned in November and we will get to share in person, you know, how we've done for the year. We obviously will still have, you know, kind of six weeks left or whatever that is for the remainder of the year. But again, it's important for the team to know what we are annually paying attention to. Mm-hmm. And then that's also our opportunity to reset what the following year is going to look cast vision for now what's coming based on where we're at. So those year end resets and evaluations are so important. Yeah, absolutely. So here's what I've got for you guys, listeners. If you have not sat down and really found some metrics that you want to track, that's the first place to start. You really have to create a dashboard, a Google sheet, whatever you want to call it, even if it's just a notebook right now, Mm -hmm. start thinking of things that you want to track and so that you can look at them on an annual basis, 18 month basis. And like I said, we've been doing it now for 10 years. So I can pull up a spreadsheet and see all the data that I need to for 10 years. So definitely find what you want to start tracking and then look at it monthly, quarterly, and annually. Do it every single year. That was like, so the one next step right there, Elsie. <laughs> <laughs> it is, it is, right? <laughs> you kind of gave the answer before the question. I know, we are the most practical business podcast in the world. That was perfect, that was perfect, yes. So yeah. since we're talking about team, I just want to marinate just for a minute on the individual. So obviously what we talked about is what our leaders do, how we get together and evaluate, how we push that information into our team and keep them engaged and aware of all of our performance metrics and our culture survey. And then the next thing I just wanted to quickly touch on was just what that looks like for each individual and how our team performs. Because like we talked about, staffing and engagement are also really important to a healthy organization. It's not just about metrics and numbers and sales. So we do have some things that we, you know, we do here for our team members that I think is great stuff that we could talk about for a minute. Yeah, yeah, I think it's really important. And we also, um, I think it's important to correlate an individual's performance with also their salary. I mean, I I, I was Mm -hmm. on a a webinar last week where we were talking about how people show up to a job to earn money. I don't know why it is that- Imagine. I know, but for some reason (laughs) you go to work and then people don't want to talk about money. So let's get that on the table. People showed up, they are now working for you because they want a paycheck. 
and guaranteed when they've worked there long enough, they're going to want a salary increase. Shocking, right? So when we're talking with our team about how the company's performing, that probably helps you determine the pool available for those salary increases. And then you talk about their individual performance, which leads into how much do they actually get, right? And so if you skip that, you know, I've worked for organizations, uh, family members have worked for organizations where they just stop talking about performance. And then it really leaves a team member kind of scrambling and going, am I actually getting an annual increase? When you talk about people leaving their manager, heck, people leave that company, right? Because they're like, they don't know anything. Yeah, I think it's it's perfect that, you know, you have your, your organizational goals and metrics, but so does every individual that feed into the bigger you know, the bigger goal of metrics. So we meet with our team, we have one-on-ones with our team members weekly where their managers meeting with them and kind of setting and assuring that they are where they're supposed to be and they have all the feedback they need. And then we do actually quarterly coaching for performance with all of our team members because individually we collectively win. Right. So the individual conversations all tie up to the year-end review. You'll get to the year-end and you'll say, okay, you know, who contributed to the success and who did not contribute to the success. Right. And at the end of the day, people will earn what they deserve. Yeah, totally. And part of that too, not just on their performance, you know, when we set those those key metrics, but I want to say something really quick, like part of those key metrics, the, the things that we want them to hit also revolve around culture. So, mm-hmm. you know, we have spent um, a, a few other episodes of this podcast talking about how to hire great team members. And every single time, it's not just about hard skills, it's also about soft skills. A lot. So when we go in to have these conversations, whether they're one-on-ones weekly, or when you are doing your quarterly coaching for performance, culture is a part of that. So how are they Mm -hmm. showing up? They could be the very best salesperson, but if they're a jerk to your team, why do you have them? Why are they still there? Oh, yes. I think we've lost just as many employees due to culture that we have for performance. Yes. 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 And so when we're together and you were talking earlier about, you know, evaluating team members, we talk about, you know, not just how they're performing, are they, they're, you know, reaching their KPIs, but are they just a joy to be around? Do they have a positive attitude? Mm -hmm. Are they encouraging, Uh, you know, are there areas where maybe, you know, we're sanctioning incompetence because, Mm -hmm. you know, they, they want to be terminally unique, Right. Mm-hmm. That oh, that's one. a word we like to say. I know. Totally unique does not work well in an organization. <laughs> no. So are they that one person that you give out specific mm-hmm. instructions and then yet they do it totally different? So, yeah. you know, culture is also mm-hmm. something to be measured. And so add that to your KPIs for those annual reviews too. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So I feel like you kind of already gave a great practical one next step tip. <laughs> for our yeah. audience. So would that be your one next step if we were going to kind of tie this in a bow and say, okay, what is the one thing that we could go do right now to really start instituting an end of year review? Mm-hmm. It sounds like you would say, start putting some things on paper. Yeah. I, I think that, you know, they just need to spend some time evaluating what do they want to measure. Yes. Take time, you know, get away from the office, get away from the day to day and actually put pen to paper and say, these are the things that I want to track. These are the things that are important to me. Start there today. Yes. And I would say for the entrepreneurs in you who hate the thought of doing that, (laughs) it is your responsibility. 
It is your responsibility. Stop whining about the fact that you don't like to do those things. Right. You're the owner and entrepreneur of this business, and it's your job to do these things. You're going to steward the business right. well. You need to sometimes force yourself to do things you don't love. That's part of leading you know, and running a business is you, you don't sometimes love all the things, but right. they're necessary things. So if you want to continue to grow and have a healthy, thriving organization, and if you don't love these things, do them anyway. That's right. Hey, future business valuation is going to depend on it. If you ever want to get That's out of this right. business, if you ever want to sell it, you know, see the long view. Long view, you need metrics. Yes. There you go. There yes. you go. So I almost sound like a Nike commercial. Just do it. <laughs> I like it. I like it. No more crappy leaders. No more crappy leaders. No. <laughs> well, this has been super fun. Good conversation. I hope you guys got some great nuggets from that and that you're just yeah. going to go out there and do it. Yes. Yes. All right. Well, now it is time for the one next step. As the most practical business podcast, we want to make sure that taking action isn't overwhelming to you. So each episode, we're going to offer you one next step to propel you and your business forward. Today's next step is to download this episode's activation guide, which is our year-end review form. Yep, we've taken care of all the hard work for you. It is a simple template with key questions to ask and areas of the business to consider as you reflect on the year. With each section, we leave blank space for you to jot down your thoughts by yourself. It's also something you can use with your team by having everyone fill it out and sharing their perspective. Absolutely. I think it's going to be a great resource. To download it now, text the phrase one next step to 31996 or visit onenextsteppodcast.com. And when you request today's guide, you'll also receive a summary of today's episode, which will include key quotes and takeaways and links to resources mentioned in the episode. That's right. Thank you for listening to this episode of One Next Step. We hope you enjoyed it and that you will join us next time for more practical tips and actionable tools to advance your business one step at a time. Until next time, own your journey. It's your life and your business. It's up to you to create the life and organization you want. Start by making today count. Thanks for listening to One Next Step. Be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts or follow us on Spotify. Then join us next time for more practical business tips and tools to help you get more done, grow your business, and lead your team with confidence. For more episodes, show notes, and helpful resources, visit onenextsteppodcast.com.